Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More. I'm Luke Steer. We got Katie Reed Hodges and Dr. Dennis Wiles here in the studio today, and we're talking about the shepherding and teaching functions in the church and how they play out in the life of First Baptist Arlington. And we hope that you find it formative and it helps you figure out how to discover the role you're called to play in the life of our church. Welcome to Tell Me More. Uh, Good we morning. Are all here. It's morning where we are. It is morning it currently. Is. Uh, full disclosure, this is take two oh, of this man. go round. But it's not our, our staff's fault. Sometimes technology just doesn't oh, no. do what you want it to yeah. do. You know, in, in the Bible days, the devil would possess people. In mm. our day, he possesses the roadcaster. Is what I think. I, <laughs> you know, it must have been a really good podcast. I wasn't in here. I was with our senior adults. It was something. nothing that it that it could be. Now that we have you, I know. So right. we're gonna maybe the Lord is in this roadcaster. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> we'll let God decide whoa. that. Okay, we're talking about prophets next week, so <laughs> stay tuned. That's right. That's I feel right. God in this chilies. Anybody know what that's from? Doesn't matter. It's from the office. Text me if you get it. You didn't know. I just spoiled that. Sorry. Okay, so. Uh, full disclosure on APEST, I know Dr. Wiles held up this kind of booklet. When we we assessed our staff, and again, a test is not perfect. Today. Brought it. Not the best today. way to, you know, necessarily discern this, but it is helpful and yeah. it was helpful for our staff. It's a tool. Teaching is my secondary gift. Shepherding is not my highest. So it's something you have to work at. Where so. is it in your ranking? It is my fourth. When we talk about, I guess, can I give like a really soft intro? We're talking about APEST, which if you... um. Apostles, prophets. Yeah, angels, if you've been around, you kind of know this language, but it, that's what we're talking about today. So we're Ephesians jumping in. Four. It's in, yeah, it's Correct. biblical. We've kind of latched onto it. Ready, set, go. Okay. So we talked about shepherds and teachers this Sunday. That's why, correct. Why start with, you know, when you're reading this list, they're the last two in the list. So why did you mm-hmm. start with the last two mm-hmm. in the list? Because I'm a man of God, and I felt like that's where the Holy Spirit led me, and I don't really appreciate you questioning me about it. Prophet. Um, so, uh, <laughs> actually, actually, Mean guy. Uh, um, no, it's Wiles. because, actually, when I, you know, as we were unpacking this, it seems to me that shepherd and teacher are the two most recognizable across the life of the church. I think the maybe the easiest to understand and the ones that we have given most prominence to in a church like ours. So I thought, well, I'm going to start with the, the ones that most people are more familiar with than apostles, prophets, and evangelists. I, mean, I think our people would be familiar with evangelists, but, but you I start, think apostles yeah. and prophets. Right. I think starting where it's... <clears throat> yeah. Starting I mean, with I think known. any fundamental, yeah. like any good teacher, y'all right. can tell me, mm-hmm. we start with the fundamentals. That's really right. And then you go thinking. into more advanced mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I see myself in those two roles here, so I feel very comfortable. That's, <laughs> a, good, that's a good reason. Yeah. So that's where we that's why we started there. Yeah. So we assessed our staff leading up to staff retreat to talk about kind of the differences in gifting. And one of the things we found uh, is that most of our staff have shepherding or teaching somewhere either as their primary function mm-hmm. or their secondary function. We, so yeah, we have a lot example, of teachers. Apostle yeah. is my primary, but mm-hmm. teaching is my secondary. Uh, I'm looking at the booklet. Mm-hmm. So as we think about our staff, mm-hmm. uh, how do you see shepherding, teaching mm-hmm. playing out mm-hmm. amongst the life of our staff? And then maybe how do you see, just what are some stories of how you see people in our mm-hmm. church, staff, lay people alike, living out these shepherding and teaching functions at First Baptist? Mm. Well, you know, I would start with myself. 
you know, when you look at the survey, the testing work that we did, um, as I was answering those questions, um, you know, I, I recognized as I was making my way through them that I do have teaching and preaching kind of together, I think, are my primary gifts, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I do think preaching is a different gift, but it usually is accompanied. Most all preachers are teachers, but not all teachers are preachers, I guess is what I would say. Occasionally at Truett Seminary, some of our yeah. professors who are world-renowned and wonderful would right. preach at chapel. Yeah. And there is a difference between yeah, teaching just, and preaching. Right. It's just very different, yeah. you know. And so, um, but I know that personally, I just have a lot of <clears throat> um, just shepherding instincts they may not come out on a test, but they've just grown inside of me over 40 years of being a pastor mm. and caring for people. Do you think that's developed? Is that what you kind of... Yes, that's for mm. sure. Mm. And so I would say, so for me, the shepherding, as I mentioned Sunday morning, is two-pronged. On the one hand, it's shepherding people and caring for them. And uh, as as late as this morning, you know, and as I was praying and just preparing for the day... Um, I found myself doing exactly what I said in my sermon I do. I prayed for our people today. I know they're scattered all over, have no idea where they all are, but I found myself just going through that list of, Lord, would you just help them to be good in the moment today? Some of them are going to be in crises and hard mm. conversations. Would you just just give them what they need in that moment and give them clarity of thought and discernment, wisdom, make good decisions today? And some of them are facing parenting issues, and would you just help them learn how to keep shepherding their own children without breaking the relationship or prayed for kids. We have, as y'all know, we had this terrible accident in our community right. this week. So I prayed for the students at Pantigo mm. and, and, the, and the teachers and the folks that we're connected to there. So I found myself doing exactly what I talked about Sunday morning. That is just, it's just in me mm-hmm. because every day I think about my people. It's one of the first things I think about is what's going on in their lives. And then the individuals that I know are facing really serious crises. I found myself drawn to pray for them. So, and I've, in fact, I've already texted a couple of them this morning just to see how's, how's it going? Mm-hmm. You know, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, I am the shepherd of this church as the, as the pastor of the church. Yeah. Um, so, which but, <clears throat> we translate the word pastor yeah, from Greek, right. and it's actually the same word in yeah, Greek, pastor, right. shepherd. Yeah. yeah. So when you say you're the shepherd of the church, yeah, we, the pastor, you are. Yeah. That is your title. That's, that's right. your. That's who I am. Role. Yeah. And and you would hope that your job description that a person in that role would have those proclivities, mm-hmm. um, and then whatever the other gifts are that come with that person, usually help shape the personality of the church. I would say, mm-hmm. and hopefully fit the personality of the church at the particular season in its life, you know, Mm -hmm. so, Mm -hmm. and then, so, but then also, you know, tonight I'll be in a personnel committee meeting tonight. So I'll be engaged with a group of leaders in the church who will be shepherding the organization of the church, which as I said, Sunday morning is a different, it's kind of a different application of shepherding, Mm -hmm. but it is shepherding. Mm -hmm. It is looking out for the overall good and welfare of the church and making good responsible decisions. And so um, I had a couple of church members ask me, Sunday morning, uh, said, we've never really heard you talk about it that way. Why did you, what about shepherding the organization? I said, well, I guess I just wanted to make sure that the people who serve in those roles in our church elevate their view. They understand they're not just serving on a committee. They're They're actually engaging, shepherding the church. And so Mm -hmm. um, I just want to keep that. The higher, the higher view. Yeah, I feel like it than is. Than we could yeah. drift into so if we're not careful. It's not an institutional thing per se. It is, 
but it's got a spiritual right. But there's a purpose behind why that's we right. do it this way. That's right. It's not just because that's yeah. how we set it up and that's we right. have to or whatever. And so, so to me, it's good tonight, tomorrow night, I've got an advisory council meeting. Well, to me, these are church members who are putting mm-hmm. their hands on the church as shepherds. So, yeah. Um, I think when we think about shepherds on our staff, mm-hmm. I was looking. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the people came to mind, and then I was looking at the document to see am I right or whatever. But because <laughs> Crodal, I think, even though Crodal is not in a per se care ministry Correct. seat, Crodal, our youth minister, has great care giftedness. Yes, he does. And you know this just from watching him. But something mm-hmm. like this, this tragedy that's happened at Pentigo Christian. I don't doubt that that's when Crodal is kind of in his just his sweet spot. Incredible, and you know we don't want tragedy to happen. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful that we have a youth minister who's just a caring person, mm-hmm. and that shepherding nature. I think that's where he shines. Very mm-hmm. comfortable mm-hmm. walking with our families mm-hmm. through the harder parts and of their life, hospital visits, all of that yeah, for people. I think too, and bringing people together. Yeah. And- yeah. I mean, again, thinking about Crodal, who's not the only shepherd on our staff, but... Mm-hmm. No, he's first one. Well, Brian's got high shepherding as well. Yeah. But that right. might be more obvious because maybe not for the first 25 years of his ministry here right. because he was doing activities, although mm-hmm. he was a shepherd in that. But now it's more obvious because Brian is caring every day. Brian does care. For well. our senior mm-hmm. adults. And it's more obvious. Yeah. But, but the but person like on Crodal, our staff you know, who scores the highest... In yeah. the shepherding category is none other than Katie Reed Hodges. It, I think yeah. so. If I looked back, yeah, at the I, I don't morning. remember what the scale is. Is it fifty if it's perfect? I think, I, think so. I got a forty-eight, or if it's thirty, I got a twenty-eight. Yeah, you, know, it's you real scored high. like forty-eight shepherding. Kurt Grice scored like fifty on teaching. Yeah, so something like that. And actually, shock. <laughs> aren't we glad that we have found these roles that we're in? So, so and I wanted to. Yeah, ask, you were asking. You were. Yeah, you had posed something uh, so. as okay. a person. I think who. A, you knew shepherding was a function that you were called into in the church before a test told you that. Yes. How how Agreed. did you how did you know that shepherding was the role and function you were called to play in the life of the local church? And then how do you see that playing out for you? It's a great question. It's a great question, and I'm glad you gave me like a five minute heads up because you told me when we were walking in that you might ask me this because I've been thinking about it. The short answer is I think experience. Because I, when I was college minister particularly, my giftedness and caring came out. I mean, I wouldn't, the, other people might have seen that. In, in, in real time, it's like, I, you notice, it's like this with a lot of things too. You're like, it's easier sometimes to identify what you're not. So like, I am not an evangelist, which I struggle with because I was next door to UTA as a college minister mm-hmm. and felt a burden for people. So it's not like I'm going to ignore evangelism, but as a seat, as a DNA level, that's something I have to think about doing. And it's not inherently like, I don't, I don't wake up thinking doing it. No, it's not bad at it, but I felt burdened for it. And and in fact, when we, that's where, when I left that role and we were starting to look for the new person, maybe the only thing I really told the committee searching for him is I would love to see someone more evangelical as a giftedness than I am. And that's exactly what happened. And look what happened. Yeah. (laughs) So I think some of it is trial and error. Like, you know, but by this time I'm, 38, I'll just say it out loud. And I am not new like I used to be. And I think when you're first on the scene, you don't know your gift. You just don't necessarily know as much. Unless people are helping you, like taking these tests or shepherding you or mentoring you. But I was Mm -hmm. just doing things, which is my natural proclivity. But it's really obvious to me when I was college minister that I didn't say out loud, like, man, it's really difficult sometimes for me to lead these college students, like on my leadership team, because I I feel like their lives are such a mess. No offense to anybody listening. Um, their lives are so hard that yeah. I just want to do kind of the, the caring and the chaplaincy work. 
and it's hard to, but it's hard to reprimand them like, hey, you missed another Bible study leading. You missed a Bible study that you're supposed to lead. And, but I know what is going on at home and I know your whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, gosh, okay, well, I kind of, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. be too harsh on you. Well, that's a shepherding. That's mm-hmm. a, that's an example of yeah. what a shepherd would default mm-hmm. to. Let's, it's okay. Pat on the head. Mm-hmm. Let's fix all this. Sometimes in certain seats, that's not what you need. Right. You don't need, you need an apostle or someone that's like, we have a task to do. Get your stuff together. We got to go, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not my giftedness. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes it's what you run into where you're really bad at it, that, it, that magnifies what you're not. <laughs> and then you can do something and you say, oh, this is much better seat, you know. And so mm-hmm. that's part of my calling. My It's not a drift because it was more intentional, but my movement toward a more caring mm-hmm. job in our church. Mm-hmm. I felt that stirring of, okay, I'm operating. John Chandler, who's a mentor of mine from Virginia, he's just retired from a long career with BGAV. He always says, if you operate outside of your giftedness too long, you'll get burnout. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started feeling with with mm-hmm. certain chaplaincy had a little bit of that. We were both chaplains at Baylor. That life with college students, it, it, had, it, it required some things of me that weren't natural and they weren't part of my giftedness. And mm-hmm. I started getting burnout. And so, you know, like it's crazy because people talk about this job that I'm in now and is it difficult, whatever. And I'm always like, oh my gosh, no, this is so much, not easier because it's not an easy role Mm -hmm. walking through tragedy, Mm -hmm. grief, funerals, but it's a better fit. Mm -hmm. And so, so much of it, I don't really get burnt out in this role because so much of it is just, it's natural. It comes natural to me. Mm -hmm. It's a good sweet spot for me. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, talk about myself a lot, but I think the pitfalls when you do it, when you're somewhere in a seat where it's not so natural and you struggle, I think sometimes it helps you realize the seat that you would be better in. Mm -hmm. And your true, I don't know if we call these giftedness, there's probably a better word for it, but yeah. roles, responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah. Functions. Functions. In yeah, you, when, when you church, function outside we, we of that. You need all of these functions. So I'm not really an apostle. If you need me to sit in a seat to push people, then it's going to be hard on me and it's going to wear me out. And I'll try to do it if I feel like it's needed, but don't, not for too long. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we, we should probably just hire an apostle because right. <laughs> I'm just going to be right. terrible at it. You know, but, sometimes that happens like Barry's helping us with some mm-hmm. stuff That's right. and it's perfect Barry giftedness. That's right. Mm-hmm. Function. It's very apostolic. If you had me in that seat, it would wear me out and the job wouldn't get done as well. Mm-hmm. Well, you flip that, you put Barry in some of the stuff I'm trying to do with the mm-hmm. care ministry right now. Mm-hmm. And it would wear him out mm-hmm. trying to shepherd these things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think mm-hmm. the church has served really well when we're in our proper seats mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. functioning out of that mm-hmm. uh, the giftedness that God's mm-hmm. given us. So okay. that was a longer know, answer, but also, that's kind of my... Also, I would say another piece of your two-year shepherding role in the church is you have also built an organization, if you will, yeah. a structure yeah. to provide shepherding yeah. for the congregation. The mega so shepherd. You have, you have shepherded a an, a structure yeah. that's good. that helps other shepherds in the church help take care of our people. Yeah, and that's very rewarding. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. And that does fit the heart of a shepherd, I believe. It does. But it does require yeah. organizational skill and those some of those kinds of yeah. things that people yeah. might not think about that mm-hmm. come with a shepherd. Right. But it really does... It, it's you a have to. byproduct. Yeah, there is an organizational yeah. aspect to shepherding. It's not just tending oh, yeah. to feelings. Mm-mm, and I think mm-mm. I don't want to be reductive in the way that we talk about it because there's a sense in which, yeah, Crotal is absolutely, you know, you. Yeah. Shepherds. But, you know, I think about Crotal. But he's got to be a programmer. He's got to be. Yeah, told yeah, me yeah. how wonderful it is to be prayed over by Crotal. But mm-hmm. Crotal pulls together youth camp 
every year yeah. and shepherds these youth ministers mm-hmm. of other churches mm-hmm. to come together to mm-hmm. put on. Yeah, it's not yeah. just, um, is it Lucy on Peanuts that has the little uh, therapy five yeah. cents? You yeah. know, it's not just that. You don't yeah. just get to sit yeah. there and wait to care for people. Yeah. No, there's, there's, a, the there's a structure we're, to it. We're going to yeah. pull people together. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things as we think about these roles and functions, and this is an extended conversation, is if the church loses some of them or allows just one or two functions to dominate, that's when you see a church enter into phases of unhealth, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. So a church that only shepherds and only cares about shepherding, yeah, people are going to be loved and cared for, but it's it's not going to go anywhere. A church Mm -hmm. that only teaches will have people who are very well informed, but also similar. Yeah. So there... And Alan Hurst, who's the author of some of this, the book where you quoted him on Sunday, Mm -hmm. he talks about some of those... If you've got an organization with that's too heavy-handed on any one of those five, mm-hmm. the pitfall of it, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so Christ gave all of these to the church. Mm-hmm. So, and you can see it play out in Scripture. You know, you look at how when Paul first gets converted. Now we're going to know this about Paul later. We don't, you know. I mean, if you were just reading the story for the first time, well, they bring him to Jerusalem. Well, he gets to Jerusalem. Well, you've got James in Jerusalem, um, who's a who's a pastor. You've got. Simon Peter in Jerusalem, who who has th- those two men were called to the Jews right. primarily, and so they are shepherding and pastoring. Well, you've got Paul who shows up, and it's we're going to learn about Paul. He's a little more abrasive. He's more apostolic. No disrespect to Peter. Peter is the chief of the apostles. I've heard some you know, people describe you know. Paul as a flashbang apostle and Peter as a slow burn yeah. apostle. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of interesting knowing Peter's personality, at least among the band, of being the spokesman and all that. But when it came time to shepherd the people of God, well, he, he was very caring about the Jews. And you got James pastoring that church. Well, Paul shows up, and if you remember, it gets a little um, challenging, so much so mm. That Barnabas, I mean, they, they kind of all intervene and they go, you know, Paul, maybe maybe you'd be better off in an outlier community where there's just not so much Judaism because he's mm-hmm. pushing everybody. And so he ends up leaving and goes to Tarsus. And I don't know that this had anything to do with it. And I'm not even sure this is what Luke meant. It's just kind of fascinating to me. Like the very next verse, Luke says, and the church enjoyed a season of peace, you know, and you're like, is he making a comment about Paul? Yeah. Paul, or, how do you feel when you read not, that or if I'm you heard sure. that? But um, <laughs> that's not what this Luke meant. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think that's what he meant, but it's just how interesting funny. to me. But, mm-hmm. but so Paul has yeah, to go get those be apostles out of there. somewhere else. <laughs> and so it doesn't surprise me that when Paul comes back, he never lives in Jerusalem as a free person. That mm. just never happens. He he. He has to go out. And so mm-hmm. James, though, as best we know, will live his entire ministry life in Jerusalem. Mm. And so these two men, to me, represent the different giftedness in what's required of mm-hmm. the roles that they were called upon to play. So you'll see Paul. He'll plant a church. He might stay, you know, 18 months in Ephesus or, or whatever. But it's funny how he'll leave. He just, to the it's next like thing. he just... He just he just can't do it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. guess what? He served a role that no one else could serve, and so mm-hmm. I think you see that playing out in scripture, see that playing out in local churches, um, and a lot of times you find you know next week we're going to talk about apostles, prophets, evangelists. Well, you, you know you'll you'll see some of them through the years migrate to the entities that are kind of around the church, so to speak. 
many times. Mm-hmm. You know, Parachurch. They're, yeah, they're in they're in mission organizations or they're in campus ministry. Yeah. You know, still very much a part of the mission of the church, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's it's harder for the apostolic gifting mm-hmm. and gifted person to live in the confines of a local church that that's very focused on status quo, if you will. So, mm-hmm. but we need them all in the church. We do. And I think and the Lord do. gives them all to the church, and I yeah. think the shepherd is. I, I see the shepherd as I've shared Sunday morning, kind of at the heart of it all. Managing it all, you know. Yeah, the shepherds are here to hold us together. Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, we'll pivot. <coughs> You're the average person sitting in a pew. Not everyone in our church can serve on a committee or be a deacon or teach a Bible study mm-hmm. class. Um, just because our committee structure has a limit to the number mm-hmm. of seats it holds. Mm-hmm. If you suspect that you have this role to play of shepherding or teaching, a first question, and then I'm going to ask follow-up questions. How do you go about discerning if you actually have been called to those roles and functions? Uh, so we'll start there and then I'll launch into my next question. So how do you discern yeah. if you actually have these roles or functions? You're the average person sitting in a pew at First Baptist Arlington on a Sunday. Nominating committee has never nominated you for whatever reason. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. How do you know if this is you? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think it's, ex- it's experimental. It's you... Um, testing that in yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and even thinking about in your past when you have felt most comfortable, most fulfilled, m- most passionate, um, most alive, if you will. Mm-hmm. What, what what in your past do yeah. you connect that to, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you can start connecting the dots. Well, it's interesting that every organization I've ever been in, I've always been asked to be X. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that say about me? Mm-hmm. Or or I've never chosen to be a part of an organization. I've always kind of wanted to be, you know, uh, yeah. in the background. And so more than likely, I probably don't have one of those foreground gifts. I'm probably going to find myself more in the background. What's available to a background kind of person biblically? Mm-hmm. I think you just kind of have to start doing some research that connects to where you've been and then experiment a little bit is probably what I would say. Yeah. And so then yeah. Katie, as the person who helps shepherd our shepherding ministry, Yep. What what could someone do? You know, you work a nine to five, you have kids. How could you, if you've discerned that you have this this role to play in the church of caring, how do you actually concretely move forward and enmesh yourself into the care life of our church? Of our church? Because my first thought was, well, there's a million ways to care as a person in the world. But if you want to care in your particular role in our church. I mean, it depends. I think each Sunday school class, I mean, the old school model would be that they have one assigned to caring, but I'd still say that each Bible study group has someone in their group that is has a proclivity for caring and is going to be the one that organizes the meal train, drops off the cookies, mm-hmm. offers to watch the kids when crisis happens. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's you, well, then that's, you probably have the deep shepherding mm-hmm. giftedness, you know, and that doesn't have to do with a assigned title at our church. It's just who you are. You could do that through PTA. You could be doing that through whatever, like if you're a, if you're a mom mm-hmm. and, and you're, you may be working during the day and your primary function outside of work is mm-hmm. taking care of the kids, mm-hmm. then there's probably some role you're playing within basketball moms or whatever, mm-hmm. that you're just shepherding, caring, holding people together. Or if you realize you're the gatherer, then 
you may be the evangelical. Am I skipping to next week? Can I do that? Yeah, no, a little bit. But you yeah. get what I'm saying. Spoilers. If you're the gatherer, if you're the one that just happens to always be with new people and always, um, hey, we should go to dinner after this. Hey, mm-hmm. I've never met your spouse. Why don't we all go to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're kind of that person, then you may have some apostolic or evangelical tendencies, functions that that are that are being used in the real world, but we've never really tapped into them in the church world, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think... Um, so much of it, if you're, sorry, I've, I've drifted from your original question. If the question is how to use it in the church, you may already be using it, but also that's, I think that's how the, the every man gets to go in with caring. Well, and so, shepherding, but if I was know? like a, a work, if I was, I am a working parent, not if right. I was a working yeah, parent. Yeah, but your work is here. It is here. Yeah. So if I didn't work here, I'm mm-hmm. still a parent and I wanted to get involved mm-hmm. in something like care team or our prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which are both very much shepherding ministries of our church mm-hmm. that For sure. young adults have largely not had access to. Oh, well, mm-hmm. functionally, katie.hodges, that's K-A-T-Y dot H-O-D-G-E-S at F-B-C-A dot org. Email me. Because certainly even our prayer ministry during COVID shifted to just opening up the idea of having letting people pray at home because they really want people to pray. And so... There's accountability if you come up here, mm-hmm. right? Like you're actually going to come, you're going to do it. But right. they've shifted to, to sending some of these prayer requests and letting people pray at home, mm-hmm. taking a shift, and they just do it when they can at home. And so um, we really believe in the prayer ministry, the the how God uses it. It's not just that we because pray for people. Because they pray for people. Yeah, they write pray cards for all these, Oh my people. gosh, and our people, yeah, it is very meaningful. So if you want to be a part of that, email me and I'll connect you with our leaders that do that. You may not have even known we had a prayer ministry. Right. Oh, I hope, to this I, yes, I hope you do know. And it's really great, really committed people that actually pray for the requests mm-hmm. given. And they, they mm-hmm. pray for more than that. They get a, a role of our members. They get a role of our staff. They pray for Mission Arlington. They really pray and care about our people. And if that's something you want to be a part of, email me. I'll connect you with the leaders of that. And that's a great way to test out if you think you might have these shepherding instincts. Give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And you work. And yeah. that's and something that's, you can do for And that's kind of what Dr. Wiles was getting mm-hmm. at. How do you know you're this way if you're mm-hmm. just sitting there? Well, you just grow in spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And you do that by doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Serving God in various ways. And then you realize, oh, I'm good at this. I like mm-hmm. this. I like to serve over here. I don't like to serve here. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of, you just wake up more mature and more self-aware of how God has gifted you and wants to use you. So, yeah. And the same with the caring, you know, um, if that's something that you're just interested in, then email me. We'll get a cup of coffee. We'll figure it out with mm-hmm. our kids, right? Because mm-hmm. this is the, the ideal person in this scenario is a working parent. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about mm-hmm. what makes you come alive and how you want to serve the kingdom. And we'll, I bet we can find a way to put that to good work at First Baptist Arlington. Yeah. yeah that's I, great. I think too here at our church, what I've seen mm-hmm. just through the years if you're that every man, every woman, and you're in the pew, maybe newer, or maybe mm-hmm. you're finding connections here, I think it's a relational pathway that leads to the structure. Because as you get to know people, you know, you can even share that and say, you know, I don't really know how to get involved with something like this, but I, you share that with another church member that is a little more connected, you know, I I think I might be interested in that. Well, oftentimes those other church members will lead you to the structure. You know, they'll help you get connected. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the practical way it happens because yeah. we may not know that about you. Mm-hmm. We, may not, we have <clears throat> no way of knowing what you're gifted in or what you're called to and uh, or what, you know, what's maybe been in your past where you've served for. Um, like we had that happen in this, this year, our deacon process, one of the deacons that was nominated to be a deacon in our church um, for this current year. You know, we we didn't we went to him and 
I just want you to know you've been nominated. Evidently, you've agreed to that and all that and, and have a conversation with him. And come to find out he's already ordained as a deacon in another church. And I've been here all these years. I've known him for a long time. I had no idea that mm. he had actually been a deacon in another church. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and yeah. it's just not something that he had shared with us. But the point is, we found that out. Well, that offered mm-hmm. a little different path, but it mm-hmm. also um, caused me to think, okay, man, we, we, we should have already been using him in some ways, mm-hmm. you know. So, so the relational context a lot of times will lead people into the structure, if you will. And so, and I think that's a good word to our church members. If you think you see... <laughs> excuse me, giftedness in a person, You sometimes you see it before they Name do. it. Name it. Yeah, you need to yeah. we could think, bless it. We could probably think in here about mentors or friends in our lives that have said something like, I see, I see this in you mm-hmm. in a way that we may mm-hmm. have not mm-hmm. felt confident enough mm-hmm. to admit that we also see that or we just don't mm-hmm. see it yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very powerful kind of statement. I see yeah. in you this that's right. and you should pursue that's it. Right. So and I think that encourages yeah. them to find their way into mm-hmm. the structure to where they can serve Good. in these. And some of our passages. listeners, y'all are some of the more committed and mature Christians. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing you in my face because we, in my face, I'm seeing you in my head, I'm seeing your face in my head because we talk about these things. But y'all may be the ones now that are on the role of, I see in you. Mm-hmm. You may have people in your life, younger coming up in the church, mm-hmm. that it may be very powerful mm-hmm. for you to say, hey, I see this in you mm-hmm. and you should pursue yeah. it. Well, that really part really of discipleship is you should always be planning for who's going to replace you in your position of serving. You should always mm-hmm. be developing. Mm-hmm. The next leader, uh, in this case, that next shepherd, that next teacher. So if you're a Bible mm-hmm. study leader, you need to be thinking who in my class right. could be doing these roles. Maybe asking asking God to show you who he's raising up, you know, yeah. that we can develop. Absolutely. That's good. And we also talked about teachers Sunday. We did. Hmm. You know, I wish, we, just, I wish we knew some. Somewhat of my, my primary Lacking. gifting. We don't have know? any. And, no, uh, you yeah, Look on our staff. We would be. We are a teaching heavy Oh my staff. gosh. We are. There's so yeah. many of these folks that feel Name that them. are just teachers, and, and which is a great thing. We 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 need them, you know. And um, yeah, we've got teacher prophets. Yeah. We've got teacher evangelists. I mean, we've you've got, got teacher got shepherds. Brad, yeah. Dita, Kurt, Connor, yeah. Ryan, Phyllis, Chelsea, Kyle. Phyllis, Kyle, yeah. Brock, They're just everywhere. Casey. Yeah, Addison. Mm-hmm. Crotal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's their primary, that's their first one. Mm-hmm. Aaron, I'm just looking at it. It's pretty much the whole staff. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the <laughs> teaching... For a betting person, I just bet on teachers or anybody. <laughs> but the no. teaching function in the church, I mean, look how vital it is. I mean, <laughs> people need to be formed spiritually, and one of the ways, one of the pathways that, that God has provided for that is good, competent instruction. And... The good news is we have a church filled with teachers, mm-hmm. not just on our staff. They're no, across everywhere. the life of this church, mm-hmm. and I love that. Um, you know, um, our granddaughter, Ada, she spent the day with us Sunday. Well, she came home when we took her home. Well, she had this little <clears throat> bracelet made out of construction paper that she had built in Sunday school, Sunday morning. But it was a... It was a teaching mechanism, and when we took her home, we saw her. She sat down, and she took that out, and she was just looking at it. And I know she was going to share that with her mom, what it was. And I just thought to myself, way to go, Sunday school teacher. You know, my little granddaughter was up here mm-hmm. for an hour Learning. in your class, and guess what? They weren't babysitting her. They were teaching her the Bible Good. and gave her something tangible to do that she took home, and she was still looking at it at 4.30 in the afternoon that, that day. Yeah. Know? Teachers. They're not just teachers, they're good teachers. That's right. That's what I'm hearing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're grateful for that. Mm-hmm. We're grateful for that. And I would say in this APES conversation, 
it's not necessarily an area of weakness that we feel like we need to Correct. focus on. That's right. There's it would it'd be a waste of time. We excel our, here. We're really good at it. We have tons of really gifted yeah. teachers. It's, it's yeah. one of the competencies. Totally. And we need to. That we have. But I'm <clears throat> thankful for that. And I think the next season we, it's probably uh, beefing up the other ones, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's what we'll talk about next week, I bet. Right. So. But you look at the way we even, the way we're organized, because there's so many ways nowadays to do church, you know. Um, Aren't there? I was um, I was in a meeting the other day with a group of pastors, and one of the pastors was just talking with us a little bit about one of the concerns he had with the home group that he's a part of. And um, we, we talked a little bit about it, and, and I just asked him, I said, so... So y'all do home groups. So do you do Sunday school on Sunday morning? And he said, he said, you know, Dr. Miles, we don't. We, he said, we just, we didn't build the buildings for that. We don't have facilities for Bible study for adults. So there, there is, he said, it sounds terrible to say there's no Bible study on our campus on a Sunday morning. He said, what I mean by that is the adults come to worship. Now we do have, you know, we have Bible study for children because obviously the smaller ones have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, you know, we just we just haven't accommodated that, and and, um, and we just we just talked about we don't know which one's best, which one's right. I said, but you look at our campus. Well, our campus, you know, if you didn't know any better, let's say you were Jane Doe and someone dropped you on our campus, you might think this was a college campus. You know, mm. if you were just walking around, mm-hmm. if you didn't walk in the sanctuary, you would walk into buildings filled with classrooms, full of classrooms, meeting spaces everywhere. And so we're and sending, a coffee shop and yeah we're that doesn't a say college campus yeah. I mean <coughs> that's true but we're sending a message that you know at the very heart of what we do here in this place is a commitment to spiritual formation in small groups in that little more of an institutional setting mm-hmm. that highlights that gift of teaching in a certain format if you will and um, so Sunday morning you know since I've, I've been gone it's um, I, I just kind of wanted to touch base particularly with some of our our more seasoned veterans. So I just went down the hall Sunday morning in some of our older Sunday school classes, you know, started with Steve Graham and just kind of went down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I went in every one of them, and our oldest adults were all sitting there with their Bibles open. Yeah, their paper Bibles. Yeah, they had their in Bibles their open. Yeah. And the teacher was beginning the journey of teaching the lesson. And I, I thought to myself, way to go, y'all. This, mm-hmm. this, this is what we believe in, mm-hmm. you know? And go all the way down to Ada. Ada was doing the very same thing in a little bit different setting, obviously, as a nine-year-old, but it was still the same principle. And I just, I don't know, I felt, I felt affirmed. This is the way we do it. It doesn't mean we don't have home groups. We do have, we have some, yeah, table groups and some other mm-hmm. things. We have home Bible studies. I know that, mm-hmm. but we got a bread and butter, yeah, organization. You know, that's built around Bible study and caring for our people. So agreed. I love. Praise that. God. Mm. Well, so next, shepherding, but next, teaching, but next week, next week, apostles, prophets, different. evangelists. Let's talk about them. Yeah. I'll interview you, Luke. and I'll contend they belong in the church. Yep, not outside it. I agree. I think it's a good word, brother. More so, next week. Yeah, more next yep. week. Thank y'all. Thanks for listening. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.